Hello and welcome to Cannon Fodder. It's good to have Hedge in studio for the live boom because usually there's some sort of delay, some lag in the boom when, when we have them remote. But that is Brian Hedger with the Cannon. I'm always sad that I'm not here, so I just it's a delayed boom. You should feel much guilt. This is Cannon Fodder, a Blue Jackets-oriented podcast, and it's going to be very focused on the Blue Jackets this week. They are on the road on the West Coast. We're going to talk about that. That is Brian Hedger, our fine Blue Jackets beat writer. I'm Mike A-Race, per usual Patrick the Podfather Flaherty. At the controls, today is the 17th of March, 2023, Friday, at uh, just after 11 as we begin recording. Happy St. Patrick's Day, everybody. Beware, there are numerous police checkpoints around Columbus this evening. They will be pulling people over. So Google that, see where the checkpoints are. And that's a good thing. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, Uber if you can, or when you can, or designated driver. I move on from the public service announcement to, to get into the meat of things. We mentioned the West Coast trip. Hedge, I did. Uh, it began rousingly for, for the Blue Jackets in the Shark Tank. And uh, Tank has numerous meanings this year in San Jose. A 6-5 well victory over the Sharks. And Johnny Gaudreau with, uh, you know, became, I think, the sixth player in Blue Jackets history to have a five-point game. Yes, that is correct. And, uh, Last one before that was Artemi Panarin. Five-assist game in... 2019, 2018, 19, I think. 17. 20, 17, 18. It was in New Jersey. I remember that. That's one. right. December 17th. I was there. 2017. I remember that. Of course you were there. But that's cool. And, uh, you know, they got to talk about how uh, after that game, how, you know, Johnny is not, it's still, the game is still there. Um, despite the difficulties that this team has had this year, uh, uh, Johnny Gaudreau's game is, is, uh, remains intact. And, uh, there are some nights when, uh, he's failing it and, uh, he can light it up. He absolutely can. Um, typically, and this is not a slight against him, but it's, it's, it's against teams like the Sharks, right? There's a, there's teams that are, they get kind of sloppy and he will absolutely torch you if you are sloppy on defense, um, playing against him. So, uh, I think that that kind of played a role into it, but uh, you know Boone Jenner had two goals in that game as well. Um, they had a top line going that was pretty good there. Um, with Liney on the other side, with Liney on the other side. I mean, Brad Larson has been changing the lines up just, I mean, crazily uh, all season long, and uh, I mean, he just he just keeps trying to find combinations that work. He had one. Yeah, I mean, if we get it, we'll get into all that later. And but but he had the one line that he loved. Which obviously everyone else was like, why do you keep playing these guys like every single other shift or whatever? And that was um It's the eighteen minute fourth line now. Yeah, it was Robinson, Corrali, and uh and uh Olivier. And and by the end of it, I will say this, by the end of it, before Corral just before Corrali got hurt, they were pretty good. Like they were coming along and at least now if if they are a thing next year, at least you know that like what you're gonna get out of them. You know, so if there's one thing you've accomplished this year up front, it's that you've figured out that those guys can actually work together in some capacity, maybe not 18 minutes a game, uh, but they can be a good fourth line. Oh, they also have some elite pieces, Johnny Control among them. And you cross your fingers and hope that players like Kent Johnson, uh, you know, we should mention Liney, um, you know, there's there's stuff to build around, which is which is the point. Um, the trip will continue or did continue last night, Thursday night, late night in Los Angeles, uh, a team that is on the come um, and has designs on winning the Pacific Division, especially now that they have uh, Vladislav Gavrikov and Yunus Korpisalo, who's shored things up in net. Um, 
Hedge, you, you had a look at that team and those guys. You wrote a story uh, about uh, about them facing their former team in, in – uh, what is it? The, it's not the Staples Center anymore. It's it's the Crypto.com Crypto. Arena. Crypto.com Arena. Yeah. Like, not a great name considering what happened to the crypto market. Well, it's not, a, it's not a great name in, in any case. It's the <laughs> Staples Center. Right. Um, those guys have found a home and a playoff race. And I know both their contracts are up, but they are integral to what LA is doing now. Those were really good ads by Rob Blake. I think you could look at those ads and, and you know, I'm sure there's going to be people that, that look at other other deals at the deadline because nobody ever looks at Columbus as we know um, anything having to do with Columbus. But I think what you're saying is is everyone here in Columbus goes, "Wow, L.A. just made a really good deal." 100%. I mean, like like those guys are going to help. We know those guys, and the rest of the league looks at it and goes, "Man, hey, you got a couple jacks." <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. But but you're right. People around here know exactly what the Kings got with both of those guys. And they know that they're going to go there, fit right in. And they have. I mean, Gavrikov in his first six games had one, three, four. So he didn't have a point last night, but uh, one, one, three, four in seven games, not a bad. I thought he couldn't play, Mike. I thought he was not yeah, a good he, player. He's been, he's been a defensive side. I know you're, 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 you're. Oh, come on. He's, he's a, he's a really good player. And, and Corpus Allo, now that he's healthy, um, there's no question who their number one goaltender is. It's the guy on, uh, who's a rental on an expiring contract. Right. <laughs> right. Three Oh no. Uh, they actually had the the stats wrong on the uh, the Bally's thing last night. They had them three oh no with a three point oh one goals against average since the trade. It's two point oh oh since the trade and nine twenty nine since the trade. He's been red hot. And the other thing is bringing Corpusalo in. Uh, it's pushing Phoenix Phoenix Copley, who's the other goalie there in L.A. And he's actually got better numbers than than Corpusalo uh, since the deal. So. You got two goalies, and they're going back and forth. They're, they're alternating starts. That's why Corpus Allo didn't start against his former team last night yeah. because he ju- it just didn't line up. It was supposed to be every other start, and, and uh, the coach, Todd McClellan, didn't want to take that start away from Copley and, and mess the whole thing up. So that's why he didn't start. And, and Corpy looked very relaxed and kind of happy that he wasn't starting that game as they, as they showed him on the bench. Uh, well, I don't – his expression never changes. Well, he was smiling a lot that last dude, night. Well, he smiles. You know, that he dude smiles. is chill. Yeah, he really is, except for when he's in net. When he's in net and you score on him, he, he may break a stick over the, uh, the, the crossbar every once in a while because he gets a little bit of uh, the, the red ass or whatever. But anyway, those two guys – the main thing with those two guys I feel is – they both, if they could have, would have stayed here. Yeah. Both of them, yeah. like without a doubt. And and and, but you know, two different situations. Corpusalo, they made they had to make a tough call uh, before last season, and they had to sign somebody, and they ended up signing uh, Elvis Merzlikens for a five year contract that started this year, and it has been a disastrous first year. Well, we can just say that right now. It's been a disastrous first year. Elvis would say that if he were sitting across from me right now. Um, but that contract led to the fact that that Corpusalo had to go because you couldn't sign them both. And so then we kind of knew he was going to go somewhere else. Gavrikov, as we've talked at nauseum here on this podcast before, um, I feel they should have signed him. I feel they should have figured out a way to keep him and extend him, but they didn't. And they ended up packaging both of them. And they get a pretty decent you know, return uh, package, you know, with a first round pick and all that. Um, so that, those guys wanted to stay though. And I, when I talk, I talked to them by phone on Wednesday after their practice out there. Um, you know, Corpy, he's getting used to, 
being in California, you know. Yeah, that, I, that'll be tough on him. I, I asked him if he brought his 75 SPF, and he's like, oh, absolutely. He's like, I need it. I'll be sunburned if I don't. But it's all gray out there. It's like gray May coming up uh, out there in California. But uh, but Gavrikov, it was interesting. I did ask him, you know, now that you're out there, I know you're happy with it. You know, you're, you're going for the playoffs. But when you look back at the, at the Blue Jackets, do you kind of did part of you have any regrets that you didn't get something done here to stay? And he basically said, he goes, he's like, it should have been done last last summer. He said it should have been done last summer. And he goes, it is tough to. He said it was tough to deal with them quote talking bad about you in negotiate like hearing bad things about you in negotiations. And I mean, you know how negotiations get. Obviously, you know, yeah. your agent says, hey, he's the next greatest defenseman ever in the history of the world and the team says yeah but this this and this and this it's never easy to take but there's there's some it's well, a the, weird situation yeah the t- i mean look yarmos had uh, a reputation and, and jd too at times uh, for being um difficult um that said uh, um you know part of their job is 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 to rely on comparables so uh you know uh, they're, they're going to say, all right, you should be paid this based on these numbers. And, uh, you know, the agent's going to say, well, this is a great guy. He's a great guy in the locker room, you know, and he's, he's one of the, he's one of the, uh, leaders of your team and stuff like that. Well, he's one of the leaders of your many Russians who are coming yeah, over as yeah. well. That's well, part of it too. So where, where, where does the twain meet? And, and, uh, sometimes, uh, it does not. Um, so, you know, I, I, you, Folks, go back and listen to old uh, or recent vintage uh, 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 editions of Cannon Fodder, and you'll hear Hedge going off on on why the Blue Jackets should have overpaid for Vladislav Gavrikov. We won't get into that now. That's ground that that's been covered. Well, one last point on this thing, though, before we move on, is it's such a weird situation because on the one hand, it sounds like there's ba- not bad blood, but there there's like a, a bad taste left yeah. in, in Gavi's mouth. I wouldn't rule out. The Blue Jackets potentially making another run at him in free agency. I wouldn't, because even though there, it looks like a bridge may be burned there, um, there was at one point I asked Gavrikov. It's not napalm though. No, because at one point I asked Gavrikov. I was like, you know, I was kidding around, and I was like, hey, your little cell phone thing, you know, when you when you score a goal, can you tell me who you're calling now? Like you you left yeah, Columbus, yeah. and he kind of laughed and joked, and he goes, "What if I return to Columbus?" <laughs> Because what if I come back? Then I, I my secret is gone. Yeah. So it was just kind of a joke, but whatever. You know, he he leaves the door open, and then Yarmo said something as well. He um, did right after the deal. Right after the trade he is did, done, he saying did, he didn't he didn't turn off that avenue. No, I mean he did not he, close that avenue. He just said Gavrikov wants to go to market, so let's go let let's let him go to market and see what happens. So that that, that would be interesting if he did come back here. The Selly Selly. Um, that was a four to one loss in, in LA last night. Uh, and tonight, uh, Friday, the Jackets are at Anaheim in a, another, uh, Bedard bowl game. The, that's two Bedard bowl games in one week. You have is another, it the, is it the Bedard bowl or is it the basement battle? Could be both. Yeah, I would, I would, a lot of bees. I would go, uh, I remember not winning for McKinnon and, uh, <laughs> that was a, that's a good one. Not uh, winning for McKinnon and, and some others, but, uh, yeah. So I guess you got to get the name in there. Um, the Blue Jackets Dis- dishonor for Connor. Yeah, that, that, that was another one. Yeah. You could do that one with this one again. Um, so the Jackets, with the loss, uh, remain in thirty uh, second place with forty nine points. Um, they're three five and two in their last ten, um, and uh, one four and one in their last six. 
Um, just above them are the aforementioned Sharks uh, at 52 points, so three points ahead or behind, however you want to look at it. That was a big point for the Blue Jackets for the to have the Sharks get last night in overtime with the uh, Kraken. That's that's right, and that was uh, they were home and 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 uh, picked up a point. It was there. a big night for the uh, the battle for Bedard last night. Chicago beat Nashville on the road. Yep. Oh, yeah. which was shocking, right? Because Nashville needs those points. So then there's Anaheim uh, at 54 and Chicago at 54. So um, some of us are looking at the standings um, through this uh, through this lens. Uh, and I, I, don't, I don't think you can blame anybody that does. Uh, I, think, I think most Blue Jackets fans probably are at this point. I think the front office might be at this point, oh, even though they wouldn't well, admit it. No, no, they won't admit it, but they're looking. Uh, they, they got all their, their uh, underlying numbers guys breaking this one down. A hundred percent. It is so important. It is so important for them to finish dead last. And, and everyone thinks it's because of Bedard, and they always say, well, you might not win Bedard anyway. It doesn't matter. Like, it does matter if you get him. That'd be awesome. That'd be great. Whatever I mean, he could. He is a game changing type of player. Yes, whatever franchise franchise changing type of player. The real value to me in finishing dead bleeping last is the fact that the NHL, because they were getting complaints from all these teams dropping so many places after they finished poorly, they had to change the 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 lottery rules, and they changed it a couple years ago to where you can only drop two spots. So if you finish dead last, even if you get screwed in the lottery, you're still picking third overall in a draft that has scouts just foaming at the mouth. Or, right or now. second. So that's that or is. second. But I'm saying the, I'm I'm trying to look at worst case scenario. So if you finish dead last, your worst case scenario is picking third in a draft that's loaded at the top. Now Leo Carlson, who's who's pegged as the number three or had been pegged. One of the, one of the options. And, and, but Adam Fantilli is the number two and Connor Bedard is the number one. That's, that's the form right now. Yep. Um, but Carlson is, has been, has been uh, sliding a bit. Uh, my understanding is at least that's what my. And, and pushing up is uh, the, the American kid, uh, Will Smith. Not well, the guy who got slapped. Yeah. Will, and he's, he's another Smith. center. Yeah. Oh, he's another center. Yeah, absolutely. So, and then, I mean, it'll be very interesting as well. You take as, the Russian up there if you're third. Well, that's the thing is, it, it, like the, the he talent, might be the most he's he's among the most talented players on the board by far. He may be it may be like if if he were a if he were a center and b if he were not Russian, he was some other nationality. Uh, he would probably be the second pick. I would, there's would be my nothing guess. jingoistic about me saying don't take the Russian. He's under contract for how long, Hedge? Uh, at least two more years, I think, yeah. with his KHL team. Yeah, I don't. And he's know. a winger and he's a little small, but I mean, he is dynamic though. He can really, right, he can we'll really talking, put the puck in the net. We'll be talking a lot more about this. Mishkov is his name, by yeah. the way. We haven't said that yet. But. Talking a lot more about, about this uh, as we go forward here. We'll be talking about the playoff races as we go forward here. Uh, we'll leave that for for later. Um, uh, Hedge, I want to talk to you about what their lineup looks like right now, what their injuries look like, and, and the state of things in Cleveland. So, I mean, let's start with with what they're trotting out there now, or, or let's start with injuries because that that has certainly impacted their entire season. Well, let's start with some positive news with injuries first, and that is, um, I we don't know yet when or or even if I guess uh, Justin Danforth will return, but he has returned to full practicing, and usually that means within a, a few weeks. The guy's back on the ice in in a game, and he I know he wants to return before the end of the. So season. he might punch the clock before the before the end. He might, yeah. And that was a shoulder injury. That was the first 
uh, season ender. Like the first injury injury of the year was really actually was us going back over this today. It was actually Elvis getting sick before the first game and then forcing Terrace off to play in, in the season. Uh, yeah, let me just cut yeah. in here and, and say and we should mention that Elvis is not with the team. Correct. He uh, that, that happened ago. in the interim between shows, so we we should touch right. on it. A week ago, uh, last Friday, um, he has a, his grandmother apparently is uh, seriously ill uh, back in Latvia, and he traveled back there. I remember he did practice that day, um, but then he went back to uh, to Latvia, and then they had to <laughs> they had to use another emergency recall to get Daniel Tarasov back up here. Tarasov's been up here ever since and uh, started, you know, Tuesday and, and also Thursday in, in uh, L.A. And it has looked he looked great in the first period against L.A., but he's been rusty. I mean, he, he was better against L.A. overall. He got hung out to dry in the second period. Tuesday, whoo, it looked like he hadn't played in a while. Well, I wish he were back in Cleveland to tell you the truth. It, oh, for sure, because that was supposed to be the plan. Yeah. That was supposed to be the plan. I just wrote about that today, about how the plan was supposed to be Elvis – and Corpy handled the bulk of the duties until Corpy got moved, and then you'd figure something else out of the deadline. But the entire time, Tarasov's down there with Cleveland, basically just working out whatever whatever things he needs to work out down there, like final polishing things before he be- takes over the backup role or a tandem thing with Elvis next year. Um, that's going to happen anyway. He's good. Like, if there's no trades in this offseason, um, and there's no injuries that we don't see between you know, with Elvis or Tarasov. Your tandem is set for next year. Yeah. It is Elvis Merzlikens, probably the starter, and uh, Daniel Tarasov, unless Tarasov can outplay him, whatever. They're the tandem. And so this was a key thing. They were going to try and get him ready this year. And like, ready or not, here you come. Because next year, you can't send him to the AHL because yeah. you're not going to get him through waivers. You know, somebody's going to claim that guy. Uh, Tarasov. Oh, indeed. So, Elvis, do we know how long Elvis is going to be in Europe? We have no idea. It just says that he was temporarily gone from the team in Latvia. That was the terminology used by the team, temporary absence. So that could be anything, you know. But they didn't They didn't outright rule him out for the season. I think they're keeping the uh, the possibility open that he may return at some point. So Justin Danforth, we'll circle back there before yep. I cut you off. Um, and that that was the loss of a center, you know, and that uh, a guy who could play center. Yeah. They're going to play him on the wing to start, but you're 100 percent right. Like he he likes to play center. He's played center most of his career. That impacted their depth up the middle. Oh, 100 percent yeah. did. And 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 Brad Larson, um, he had he had finally, you know, he's a guy that's kind of I've noticed in the two years he's been you know running the bench. He's a guy that's not easy to earn trust with, especially at the center position. He kind of has his guys, whatever, and, and you, you weren't going to move Sillinger out, you know, uh, right away anyway. Yeah. But Danforth did start to earn trust uh, in that regard with Larson, and I could have seen it totally happen. If he would have stayed healthy, I could have I seen him playing some center this year, for sure. And, and and then so let's continue with the current injuries. That was the good news. Justin Danforth. Yep. Is so bad news is still. I mean, uh, looks like Sean Corrales is going to be out for the rest of the season. Yeah, that was uh, sort of what everyone figured when that was first announced. Right. A couple weeks ago. I mean, the, the the timeline was like literally he could be back on the very last day of the season against yeah. Buffalo. It's, it's not going to happen, probably. You know, but you never know. Some of these guys they want to come back or whatever. Um, I would think he's going to be out for the rest of the season. Wierenski's still out the rest of the season, but he's back skating. 
Um, Jake Bean is in town. He's skating as well. These are all the Bean, Danforth, and Wierenski all had the uh, the shoulder, the massive shoulder injuries. You know the labrums, the, the labrums they had to have repaired. So those guys are all skating. That's a, that's the good news. Um, Jake Voracek, I believe he actually returned recently to Columbus, even though he got traded to Arizona, right. and he was going to try and uh, go to the Bruce Springsteen concert. Of course, here, of yeah. course, who doesn't want to see Bruce and for the thirty fourth time? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he came back and and then it was canceled or postponed or, yeah. or rescheduled. What do we want to say? Because the the boss got sick. So any any word on whether the concussions are that's it for him? It sure seems like it. I mean, it, it's. I would be very surprised. the The press conference that he held here earlier this year to just to address his situation, it sure sounded like a guy who was who was at least contemplating the end of his career. Yeah, um, because of that issue. Yeah, I wouldn't. It's it's an awful thing if it's. It is. Uh, it is because for a number of reasons. One, he's a wonderful player. Like yeah. he, like the NHL is worse off not having Jake Borchek. Out there, yeah. he enjoys the game. <laughs> he's he's fun to watch. Okay, is he the best defensive player in the world? He slowed no. down a little bit. He slowed down a little yeah. bit. Yeah. He sees the game way differently yeah, than does. a lot of yeah. people, you know. And I, it's just so much fun to watch him play. Especially like last year, I'm so glad I got a chance to cover him one year uh, here because he was he just had so much fun playing, even on a team that wasn't very good, right? Like they were better than this year, but they they weren't very good last year. He just he he wanted them to be good though, and that's the one thing I think that I think the thing that gets overlooked with Voracek because of his personality, he's a fun natured guy and everything. There's competitive fire. That dude wants to win. Yeah. like he is intense. I, I could see him coaching someday. To be honest, I would have loved to have seen him play with Marchenko because Voracek's capable of of uh, putting up twenty assists in a row without a goal, and Marchenko's. <laughs> Capable of the opposite. Scoring the goals without a single assist. That's exactly, they're like the yin and the yang of uh, Blue Jackets history right there. That's a, that's a great point, Mike. So what are they trotting out here now, Brian? Um, well, they still, I mean, it's any combination. It feels like a Yahtzee bag. You know, you kind of shake it up and throw it out there. But uh, for They the finished mo- up with the big line, though, last night. I think so. Yeah, yeah, they did. Um, you got Goudreau, Jenner, uh, Line A. Yeah. You got Marchenko on the second line. I believe he's with... Johnson and Rosovic, Johnson, Rosovic, Marchenko. Then I think your third line, um, it was, I know, it, see, the, after Corrali went out, I've lost track of like the whole. Because you Rubik's Cube. You, you could six, always right? count on yeah. that one that we talked about earlier. So they've been playing um, Olivier with uh, Sillinger. They've been trying to keep those guys together. Um, but, f- and f- you know what, Foodie. Uh, Foodie and Bemstrom are together on the on the bottom line with Peterson, and then that puts uh, yeah, that's right, Robinson and, and Olivier are with Sillinger uh, on the third line. So that's that, those are kind of like your the run through the forwards. Um, defensively, there was a little bit of a shakeup recently. You know, they had been playing Bernie, the rookie, with uh, Good Branson as the top pairing for a long time. Oof. They actually handled it pretty well, considering. What you would think yeah. would happen in that scenario, you know, but uh, they moved up Blankenberg recently, who's playing on his offhand. He's a right hand shot. He's playing on the left side, but they have him going with. Uh, they had, last I checked, they had him going with Cabranson. Um, second pairing, you still got Peak down there. I think it's Bernie and Peak, and then you still have, you have Bayreuther and Boquist. Boquist had a really rough night last night uh, against the Kings, but a lot of people have rough nights against the Kings recently. Well, let's peek. Ahead before we wrap here, Brian, um, 15 games remaining. 
It sneaks up on you quickly. It goes uh, quick, doesn't it? Like, yeah, 15 games remaining. Um, looks even quicker when you look at it, like on the schedule on the website, and you look, you know, get that little calendar view, and you're like, there's really not that much of the season left. No, no, they have. Uh, I, I don't know if you consider all of this road trip that started in San Jose on Tuesday night, continued last night in L.A., and and uh, moves to Anaheim tonight, and then on Sunday at uh, at at Vegas, four, a four o'clock start. Um, four o'clock uh, Eastern time, right? right? Yeah, right. yeah. four o'clock. o'clock Eastern. Yeah. Um, and uh, Vegas is on a, is is uh, is playing some really good hockey right now. Well, they play Jonathan Quick against the Blue Jackets. I think so. Why I think the, I think they will. Maybe Jonathan Quick's gonna be he's gonna be trying to shut them out because he's he's mad that they traded to get him. I guess well, I don't did, know. Did you see uh, at Nationwide Arena? Did you see any Quick jerseys, Blue Jackets jerseys? I. Didn't someone was telling me that I think I think there had to be at least one. Um, well, he's a good Connecticut boy, so I I, I say nothing ill of that. He's very he's a he's a very uh, he gets to be angry sometimes. He's kind of an angry. He's best when he's angry. He's an angry old goalie. Yes. Uh, and then after after visiting Vegas uh, on Sunday, uh, on Tuesday the twenty first, the the trip wraps at Washington. So I imagine they'll. Uh, Nothing like flying all the way across the country after being out west to finish your wow. road trip. Thanks, NHL. Really appreciate this that. This is the kind of year, though, where you you know you got a four. You got what? What's the local time on a two o'clock game in Vegas, right? Right. Yep. And so, why fly? Actually, be one. Of, I think it's the Pacific out there. Why so one? Why not? Uh, you know, stay in Vegas for a night and uh, party it up. Well, I didn't say that. I mean, I did a little. Have a little Dubinsky. And uh, that's what the hedge man would be doing, partying and, it up uh, out there. And uh, flying Tuesday to, to Washington and um, bag skate to sweat everyone out. And uh, and then at the Capitals on, on Tuesday night. Um, in another battle of two teams that are basically cashing it in. The Caps aren't quitting, though. Um, Their management basically said they were quitting. I know, but, but, but I the mean, players are not. No, no, they're not. Um, they're, 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 uh, I don't know how, how much. Like contending teams want to see the Caps right now. In any case, then then they come home. They got a couple of days off, and they finish the month uh, beginning on the twenty fourth with their uh, last home game of March, and then they're right back on the road um, at Montreal Saturday night, second night of a back to back, at the Rangers on Tuesday the twenty eighth, and at Boston on uh, Thursday the thirtieth. So hedge things get tough here. Because they've played just three home games in March, um, they've only got one left uh, out of this slew of games—not slow, but uh, seven games remaining in uh, in the month. And then you go to April, and they have some home games in April. Um, I'm calling it up right now. Um, they have some home games in April, but um, this is—they uh, finish with some pretty tough opponents that are jockeying for position. I think there's only one in April. There are one or two teams that are not either in the playoffs or on the on the edge trying to get into the playoffs. If that makes sense. Yeah. Well, let's let's, let's take a quick glance at it. Um, the first of April, home Florida. The second, home Ottawa. The fourth at Toronto. The sixth at New Jersey, the eighth home Rangers, the eleventh at Philadelphia, the thirteenth home Pittsburgh, the fourteenth home Buffalo, and that's the season finale. So uh, that's the makeup game. So uh, you throw out Philly there, and that that is quite a gauntlet to run. Yeah, because yeah, you you um, 
you, you got Ottawa in there. Like, like there's teams like Ottawa and Florida, I guess I would even yes, throw in there, yeah. that, that you look at them and you're like, those guys aren't making the playoffs. But they're five points out, six points out, something like that. And they uh, and like and you have two different dynamics there. You have the Florida Panthers, who are like, what, five or six points out? Maybe maybe three now after they absolutely dismantled the, uh, the um, Montreal Canadiens last night. Didn't they have ten goals, something like that, or nine, nine-something? Anyway, they're they're just struggling to kind of hang on, you know. Um, Bobrovsky was not very good in that game last night. He got replaced. They're struggling to hang on. Ottawa is sort of making a push because Ottawa is one of those teams that's like, hey, we've been bad for a while. They did really well at the deadline. Yeah, well, they did well at the deadline, and they have a nice young nucleus. I, I really like what they're doing there in Ottawa, and that's a bad matchup for the Blue Jackets. Like, it has not been a good one this year for the Jackets. Um, a lot of power forward type guys up in that lineup that are tough to handle. Um, but so that's a tough game, even though they're not in the playoffs. That's a tough game for the Blue Jackets when you're looking at the matchup. Same with the uh, the Panthers. Or what's another one that was in? Well, it, it, the standings say it right here. Um, you know, here's the wild card race. Um, right. The in some order, the top three in both the Metropolitan and the Atlantic are set. Okay. Um, cause then you're shooting at 88 points and no one's going to get there not, uh, because the number one wild card is Pittsburgh with 78 points. The number two wild card are the, are the Islanders with 78 points. The number three wild card now just under the, under the playoff line is Florida with, uh, 75 points. They're six, three and one in their last 10. Um, and then there's Washington at 73 Buffalo, um, at uh, 72 and Ottawa at 70. I think realistically, Florida remains in the hunt. Um, and I don't think, uh, I, I'm, I'm doubtful. I think Buffalo's out of it, but they're going to be scrapping all the way to the end. All the way to the end. Because those are the kind of teams, you know, how we always talk about like, you know, wins at the end of the year don't matter if you're not going to. Well, you know, that's large. That's mostly true for every team. But there are a few teams like a Buffalo, like an Ottawa. It's too bad. I feel for Buffalo and Ottawa, Buffalo especially, because we're all rooting for Buffalo to get in the playoffs. 100%. And they just, they're just losing some tough games right now. I mean, um, they're 3 5 and 2 in their last 10. Um, and Ottawa, Ottawa, kind of the same way. It's such a, a star cross franchise. Um, they were up getting a sniff there just below the line, and, and, and they've, uh, They've lost four in a row um, yeah. at the wrong time. I and that stuff. I I think Florida's still hunting, and below them, uh, Washington. Yeah, no, I think Washington, and Buffalo, and Ottawa are going to keep the pedal down as best they can. But I I, I don't think they have a shot. So, right. But but still, um, you mix in some of these, <laughs> you mix in some of these other games on on the April schedule. You know, you got Toronto at Toronto. You got. Uh, uh, New Jersey, it, yeah, at New Jersey, Pittsburgh. That could be a big game for them on the thirteenth. You know, you could don't be. know. Um, you got Florida at home uh, on the first. You got the Rangers at home on the eighth. Uh, um, it's uh, it's a lot of those. Do you want to see some playoff hockey teams? People <laughs> nationwide arena and Valley Sports is the place to see them. Well, until well, yeah, TV <laughs> until they figure that stuff out. Um, that, that's a mess, but. Uh, you know what? It's you go if you do go down to Nationwide Arena in these games. I, the mo, the first inclination in your mind when you look at a Blue Jackets record and they're dead last would be what? Like 
oh, the building's going to be empty. It's going to be awful. Like, I don't think I'd go. It's been great. It has been great all year. Like, even the games that they don't sell out, they're drawing like 14 grand, which is only like 3,000 or 4,000 off of a sellout. I love these people. It's unbelievable. And like, nobody pays attention How outside this it? market. It makes me even more frustrated than I was before I moved here. Does that tell you some very smart fans are invested in the yes. in, in, in the plan and the future that they they see the plan it tells that, me two things. Yes. One thing is more practical, and then that is they signed Johnny Gaudreau yeah. last year, and, and they tickets. sold a ton of a there's ton that. of tickets. Yes, there is that, and I think that there's people out there that realize I'm not going to be able to sell these things, and I'm not going to just eat them. I'm going to like I'll give them away if I have to. And so I think you're getting a lot of people from the the season ticket boost that are going. I think that's one thing, but I do. Th- that doesn't account for all of it. That, that like that that was a nice little boost and everything. I think you're right. I think a number of fans, and, and here's a, and, and you combine a number of fans that are buying into what they're trying to build here, and the excitement of like, hey, let's go look, check out Ken Johnson. Let's go see if Cylinder can turn it around. Let's like, you know what I mean? Like all Marchenko. Oh my gosh! Like people around here know about those guys, and they're excited. And you combine that with the fact that there is no OSU football right now. I mean, I guess spring football is starting. Well, traditionally, Brian, um, I've been here since the start of the Jackets, and that, that's traditional. Um, their crowds have always been very good uh, starting at the first of the year. Because it's a night out. Yeah. It's a night out. It's a fun, And they, they do, I'll give them a credit, they do a good job of entertaining people to make it a, an entertaining experience at the game. So if you combine that with a, like an, a young team that at least has some kind of hope, for the future, you're going you're gonna to bring people, and I think that's really... Uh, There's been so little hope, oh, generally speaking, over the years. I mean, Yarmo's made the playoffs five times during his tenure, or right. six. Four in a row, and yeah. then another one besides and, that. And, and and that's been great, but um, there's there's never been a, a, a real plan. Other than the all-in year of 2019, we're going to take our shot at the Cup. There's, there's, they've won one playoff series. There's never been a couple of those glorious deep runs that really electrify uh, a city. Uh, the fans here are great uh, for showing up now because uh, they've been so beaten down. I mean, a whole generation of them was chased out of the building before, you know, 10 years were up. Uh, um, seven, I said, I'd say, uh, you know, when Hitch got here and they got to the playoffs in 09, there was a spark, but it's been it's been such a slog for, for, for some really good hockey fans. And that's what I see in the building. I see really good hockey fans who understand that maybe there's a plan now to build something that can do more than win just one playoff round or lose in the first right. round. Right. Well, you don't have to go back too far in those uh, four, four-year runs that, that Yarmo put together for, for playoffs or whatever. That last one. I mean, let's just go back really quick. They sweep the lightning in 2019. This place is electric. It's always been. When it's crazy. The playoffs and here are, are just incredible. Remember how they so they sweep the, the lightning. Everyone is stunned. Like, what is going on with the world? Like, whatever. And everyone else is still playing. The Blue Jackets are not. They take two days off, and Torts is like, hey, we got to have a practice here. You know, or let's just have a scrimmage. And then they decide, oh, we'll just open it up to the public. Right. We'll see who shows up. 10,000 people showed up on a Monday morning at like 1030 yeah. to watch this team scrimmage each other. Like, what does that tell you? So if they can get to this point that you're talking about where they put together, oh, you know, deep runs every year or every other year, 
Um, all it would take is one deep run, and this place would just blow its top. In um, the grand scheme of 23 years now and uh, 21 seasons or whatever it people is. People want uh, a winner here so well, I bad. Mean, the, you know? the fans here are like the Black Knight and Monty Python <laughs> and the Holy Grail. I mean, <laughs> right. they've had their legs and arms chopped <laughs> off. Their their armor's been dented. There's yep. rents in their helmets, and they just... They're still alive, waiting yep. for something. Who is who's, uh, who's uh, King Arthur in that scenario? Is that uh, the Red Wings? Oh yeah, yeah, probably. It's yeah. got to be the Red Wings, right? It was. I'll, Nash- I'll have your. I'll have your leg. It was Nashville uh, for a while. <laughs> oh, it was Nashville yeah, for, sure, for a while, yeah. and uh, um, now I guess uh, Tampa Bay yeah. is in there. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so pretty, pretty much any night that comes around, that's, uh, that's <laughs> it's swinging a sword. It's that's the uh, entire round table, off. you yeah, know. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and and we'll end with that very poor analogy. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Hedge, thanks for coming. It was great having you in the studio. Um, it's great being here. Hedge mentioned the, the Gavrikov slash Corpusala story and and, uh, um, and and some of the other pieces he's written recently. Uh, s- still some really relevant stuff for what's going on. I'm trying. Including, including, you know, okay, what do you do with Cleveland now, which is in seventh place in their division? Just a couple points out of the playoffs. When, um, do, when does Silly go down? I know. When does Silly go down? Do we flip-flop Sillies? Yeah. I don't know. Get Josh Dunner up here. So it's always something look. going on, and Hedge is always on top of it. Go to Dispatch.com. Oh, uh, really quick news item. Uh, news. Corson Kuhlemans made his debut in that game for the Monsters uh, Thursday night. Yeah, that was his uh, pro debut. He's on an amateur tryout offer or whatever. He's going to finish the regular season there after signing his uh, ELC to leave Wisconsin. And uh, come down there. So uh, I guess we should just add is uh, Wisconsin was was so bad this year. That, terrible. Uh, you know, Bailey Johnson and I were talking about it this yesterday after the uh, and she says, no, I really love that guy. I've watched him a lot. I've watched him way more. Well, than she, you have. Yeah, she likes him. Every time I've tuned in to uh, watch Wisconsin, you just can't get a gauge on Kuhlman's really no. because because his team's so bad. So it's it, hard to like. It's he, a mess, yeah. I mean, he did. He had moments where he stood out for me. For sure. I was like, oh, that's pretty nice. This could be really good for him then to dip his toe in the AHL waters and, and see if they can. Especially if they can make the playoff. Yeah, Although he, I, I don't think he can play in the playoff. But but right now, essentially, they're in the playoffs trying to make it, right? Right, right. So if it, just any kind for that guy, meaningful games. Yeah, any kind of meaningful game, like what you're talking about, because Wisconsin has been basically out of it the whole year. Yeah. And in both seasons, they weren't very good for no. him. So like he needs to experience some winning. Here, you that's know. one of the recent vintage first round draft picks for your Columbus Blue Jackets, that's right? And, uh, Named again, after Shane Corson, that's right. Yeah, tell, that, the, tell the story really quick. It's always I, great. Well, I'm sure I will uh, revise it and print at some point when I write about this kid. Uh, Not revise it, you will, or I will return to it. I'll return to it. Sorry, yes, I will lay it out in print. Um, basically, his dad was, uh, was it in Toronto? It was either Toronto or Montreal. I can't remember. It was, I think but, it was Toronto. I think it was Toronto. And he was at a bar and he was watching the game, watching the game. And Shane Corson was playing on the TV and they're, and they're, you know, throwing him back a little bit, him and his boys. And the game ends. And like, lo and behold, about an hour later, Shane Corson and, uh, his, some of his teammates come walking into the bar and, you know, the uh, Corson Kuhlman's dad goes and, and uh, um, introduces himself. They kind of hit it off a little bit, whatever they have. They have a few adult beverages themselves. And the dad is like, 
this is awesome. That guy's like a really nice guy. And he knows his wife uh, is expecting their child, uh, a boy. This is Mr. Cool. Yep. And so he he goes and tells his wife, I have a name for our son. (laughs) She's like, what? How about Corson? You know? She's like, oh, okay, whatever. It works. Yes, it works. Corson Kuhlman, double C there. I like it. Rhythmic iambic quality. And the best part is like when I asked Corson about it, you know, like where's the name Corson come from? He starts the story and he basically says, my dad, I think he said something like my dad was throwing him back in a bar one night or something like that. And he met Corson. Fantastic. Like what kind of a Canadian, only a Canadian kid would, would give you an answer like that. I love it. Well, there you go. Check out all of Brian's stuff at Dispatch.com. Check out Patrick Flaherty's incredible menu of podcasts at Dispatch.com, you know, about every area of Columbus, um, including the sports world. I'm Mike A. Race. Thanks for joining us. And uh, Patrick, blow us out of here.